Hi, it's Kanika, and I'm back with another season of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast, where I interview parenting experts, global thought leaders, best-selling authors, and trailblazing entrepreneurs on their incredible life stories, their mom sense and dad sense experiences, and the values and legacy they're passing on to their children. Hi, I'm Gabby Bernstein, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. It's me, Bobby Brown, on Total Mom Sense. Can't wait to share my story. Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. These episodes will inspire you to make every single day count. Episodes release every Thursday. Join my tribe by logging on to thatstotalmomsense.com, where you'll receive my free Parenting in a Pandemic guidebook, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. What if we were able to connect with our kids in a deep, meaningful way? When you ask them to do something, they instantly got it and didn't want to test you or defy you. And when they asked you to play or teach them something in a fun way, you put them first and knew exactly what to do. Today's expert is going to show us how. She's Suzanne Tucker and is the founder of Generation Mindful. Suzanne is a mom of four who has been a physical therapist and parent educator for over 27 years. While teaching positive discipline classes, Suzanne saw a need for tangible evidence-based tools and toys to help parents and educators apply the science of positive discipline into their everyday lives, particularly when they were feeling stressed or their children were acting out. She says, when I got my strong-willed child, timeouts were ineffective. I needed a different method. I needed something in a box with instructions, a video, and a community to hold my hand. In her letter to her community, she says, I've heard it said that adulthood gives us the opportunity to be the person we needed when we were young. This has become the inspiration for Suzanne's life work. Together, we can move past fear, shame, and pain in the way we raise children. It took motherhood, birthing four children, and healing through five miscarriages for her to fully awaken to the intuitive being that she is, that we all are. She says, I see life as a journey, one that we were never meant to be alone. We are generation mindful, we are love, and we are enough. And with that, I welcome you, Suzanne, to That's Total Mom Sense. Thank you so much. (laughs) So fun hearing those words come out in the world into your microphone. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. And thank you for sharing with us and, you know, building this community. There's a running adage, there are no rule books to parenting. But now in this day and age, I feel like there are hundreds. Every second person, coach, expert has a philosophy to parenting. And I mean, I, for one, am like totally overwhelmed, you know, and I just... Can we just get a big highlighter, a humongous (laughs) highlighter to what you just said? Everybody out there listening, their heads are going up and down because, you know, they say your child doesn't come with a manual, but what happens is you click Google or Dr. WebMD and you're hit with 7 billion manuals. And what I think you're hitting is that, and and this is one of the reasons I even started Generation Mindful, is that we are increasingly being disempowered as human beings. And it's because we live in an information age. And you would Mm. think information is power, yet 
If you look for answers outside yourself, if you've been taught the answers live outside yourself and you live in a world where there are literally 7 billion answers to, if you type child help anxiety, you'll get 7 like billion links. Hits, and so, yeah. right? How can we be driving the ship and empowered if we're looking outside ourselves all the time. So the idea of Generation Mindful is so much that you don't need an expert, you need a friend, and you need to be pointed back into yourself, into the authority that you are through your body, through your intuition. You can take in knowledge, you can take in information, and you can say, yeah, that's for me, that is lighting me up from the inside out, or yeah, I'm gonna pass on that, that doesn't live for me. Right. Well, we're going to get right into it. I want to have you give us a glimpse of your childhood because it has truly shaped who you are today. Absolutely. I love that question. So I'm one of seven. I'm number five. And if you're going to look at emotional intelligence, you know, one part of that, one of four elements is self-awareness. So every one of us gets to look back at who am I? What was my childhood like? And what are my gifts? What are my challenges? And how did that have to do with the way I was raised and who I am? And so Mm -hmm. as fifth of seven, I was a rule follower. I was one of those cooperative kids who desperately wanted to get it right and hide out, did not want the light on her in any way, shape or form because I just wanted to blend in and and be good, do it right. And somewhere along the way, I learned that if I was in control or thought I was in control, that control was something I wanted. And along with the be good and do right, I had this thought, well, it would be safer if I felt like I was controlling things too. And so I could tell you a lot of ways that that showed up, but mostly it meant a little girl who didn't know that she was powerful, who wasn't in tune with her voice and who was kind of scared to just ask too much of anybody. And I Mm -hmm. luckily landed in a loving home with loving parents and loving siblings and, and if anything, I would say our motto, family motto was happy, happy, happy. And I, yeah. And so like there was a lot of joy, but I am a seeker and I am a wanderer. And I was confused about all the feelings I had that were up high and down low that didn't fit in the happy, happy, happy. And that mm. made me think maybe something's wrong with me because you know, I don't really have many big struggles, but I'm feeling lots of things outside of this middle ground that everybody seems to just hang out in all the time, right? Yeah. So I want people to know out there, there's a lot of discussion of trauma in my community. And I think what Generation Mindful, I hope, is doing is mainstreaming the notion of trauma. Because if you are a little person and you feel stress all the time, either anxiety or nervousness, or just not in your body, that is traumatic. You know, that is its own form of trauma. And we are so not generous with ourselves. Typically, we're more generous with other people. So we look back at our childhood, and we think, what is wrong with me? Why aren't I blank? Why aren't I blank? And And I want people to understand that big T trauma, little T trauma, you can really almost use the word stress. Because it's not just what happened to you, but how did you feel? That's really the big question. Not just what happened, but how did that feel? 
What are some, you know, milestones that are pinch me moments for you? With work, I think when we got our first grant, we had a $50,000 equity-free grant back in 2019. And I felt really seen and validated. Of course, it was a bunch of like rich white men, you know, it was this (laughs) board. And I thought, I don't have an MBA. And I had a big idea. And I started to see that our community was, was growing and that people were starting to take us seriously. So that was another. And I'll give one more. When we sold into 90 different countries, that was a pinch me moment. Every state and then 90 countries, because I thought Generation Mindful is happening and it's worldwide. That was another great moment. What is Generation Mindful? Ah, Great question. Well, we make tools and toys that make learning about emotions fun. That is the most simple way I can say it. And we do it through evidence-based, play-based things that become a habit in your life. I promise you that I will never stress you out. Uh, everything I bring to the table is a, is a sprinkle in. It's never an add-on. So mm-hmm. I learned early in motherhood, I have four children and I was teaching classes that everybody was like me, hot mess mom, stressed out, never enough. And that was too happening too often. So the solution I brought to the table in Gen M was, how do we make learning a part of our everyday life? It doesn't have to be another thing. We're already talking. We're already doing tuck-in at night. We're already eating at the dinner table together. Let's just work with the rituals of everyday life and not stress people out more. And let's make connection a habit. So I looked at yes. all the brain science around building connection and attachment, which was, has been my jam for 27 years as a physical therapist and a parent educator. So I took all the science around attachment and ritual, right? How do we learn new habits? So again, as a physical therapist who was used to giving people prescriptions of, okay, do this one to three things at home in order to help your body, I was used to, to dosing and to giving people realistic goals to set Mm. and tools to achieve those goals. So I put all that together and we started creating the fun tools that you see if you go to the website, started with our peacemaker mindfulness cards that are conversation prompts and positive mindsets in a box, right? So that you can start exploring ideas like mistakes help me learn and grow And maybe that was not modeled for you by your parents when you were little. You don't have to have mastery over this thought. It's just right there in a box for you. You pull that out and all of a sudden when the Cheerios hit the floor and they look up at you and let's say your normal reaction would be to get upset, you just had a game, right? Where you played about this word, this idea of mistakes help me learn and grow. And you look at each other and you laugh and and the little five-year-old says, well, mistakes help me learn and grow. I guess I've, you know, and, and it's part of your culture, part of your family life. You know, it's grown from there into the time and toolkit where mm-hmm. we really help families process emotions in a healthy way, not using timeouts or punishment to process hard things, but to connect and to almost be like an emotional coach for and with our kids. So that's a time in. And then you have the snuggle buddies where we make naming memories from your day and linking them to emotion words. So name it, feel it, heal it. We make that just an everyday ritual. 
Oh, that's so great. I want to unpack a little further. Let's start with time in, because I know we're all familiar from our generation with time out. You know, according to you, and I agree as well, we did it wrong. We did it all wrong. So what is a time in? Yes. So what I love to think about is the evolution. So we can think we did it wrong. In fact, we're on a journey. And so you know how I just said mistakes help us learn and grow? Well, if you think societally, we were using spanking, and then we Mm -hmm. evolved to this thing called timeout. And a timeout, what it was supposed to be, was pulling in attention, not positively reinforcing a behavior that was wanting to be phased out. It's very much behavioral management strategies. The problem with timeouts is that what it says to a child is, who does not have a social emotional skill necessary in the moment, it says, you did bad, you are bad, go away. That, that's yeah. what it says to the nervous system. You did bad, you are bad, go away. And then when you're better, you can rejoin me. And a child's whole goal is survival. It literally yes. is to live, to be attached to somebody because they cannot take care of themselves. So just mm-hmm. think how threatening that is to a little nervous system. What a time in says is, hey, that was bad. Like, you know, hitting brother over the head. You did bad. You're feeling bad. Let me help you. I am here. I believe in you. I love you. You can do this. You can learn these skills. You know, social emotional learning is just skill building. We would never say to a child who wrote their name backwards and upside down, and let's say it was a whole grade level lower than the writing skills of, a, of another child, would we ever say, you know, Tommy, that is terrible how you just wrote your name. You go sit on that step because that is bad. That is not what I expect from you in your mm-hmm. writing. No, we, we would not because we say, Tommy, you know, he's working at his level. We would give him a little taste of success and then give him, break it down and work on the skills. And that's what we do with the time and toolkit. We break down, name it, feel it, and heal it. We break it down. What are some more like tangible tips that you have uh, for the, yeah, for the yeah. child and then the caretaker in that time in okay. space? Perfect. So the time in begins before there is a breakdown. You cannot introduce a tool to a red light brain. We will teach you about the child's brain. There's green, there's yellow, and there's red. Red is not bad. Red is primal, but it's not a learning brain. So you want to set up your time and space. When you got your time and toolkit, the kids were excited. This thing comes in the mail. You, out of that relationship and that connection, pick a place in your home. You get out your tape or your frames, and you create a space. And that says to the little child's limbic brain, a big part of the brain, it's the emotional part of the brain, it says, hey, my mom or dad care about emotions. Emotions are safe. They like emotions, and they're going to encourage me to learn about them even when I feel mad, even when I I hit or do hard things. My family is going to teach me. So there's a lot going on when you buy a time and toolkit. 
So much is packed in to make it simple for you. You don't have to understand a lot of the science that's actually happening. But part of it is I am helping you build motivation in your little person for caring about their inner world. So once you set up your space, it's very simple. You just follow the little manual, eight-page illustrated manual comes inside your kit. And it starts by creating that space when you're in a connected moment. And then it starts by literally playing with name it, feel it, heal it. So you're going to play games like we have a matching card game where you have the feeling faces and you might, you know how you play the match game. Is that a grape? You know, Mm -hmm. is that a apple? Is that an apple? Well, now you're saying, is that a brave face? Is that a brave face? Is that a determined face? Is that a determined you're matching? And you can play lots of different games with the tools that you get. The idea is you introduce the four main mood groups, and you start to follow along the manual and play and talk and integrate social and emotional skill building as a goal in your family. And when you do that, things will start to align and you'll be emailing me with stories. I'll be sure you've probably (laughs) had stories happen in your home, right? They just happen. Yeah, yeah. It's no, it's so great. Um, And, you know, it's funny when children know how to regulate, they want to go to the corner on their own. You know, you don't have to say you need to take some deep breaths and and go up there. They on their own. A timeout is not, I always say it's not lipstick on a pig. A timeout is not a time in with a new name on it. You don't say, right. Get over there to your time in. I mean, a time in. It's it, it's very different. And so yes. time ins are relational. They're, there's a, a much more intrinsic motivation. I have had kids who the parents will say, oh, they don't want to do it. And so I highly recommend if you have like what you feel is an oppositional child or a really strong-willed child, definitely sign up for our course because there are some things you can do to increase the intrinsic motivation of the child. And if you've been blessed as I was with my second one, who is just a leader born to lead, they yep. will be strong and oppositional and you right. will scratch your head and wonder how am I going to guide this powerhouse? But I'm mm-hmm. telling you there is a way and it is through empowered education and connection. So we, we take about six to eight hours to really tease that out with you even deeper in the course. But for many people, they just open the box and I'm getting these emails about this little girl was three and wanted to take her snuggle, her little lovey to the dinner table. And this family, you get to set your own rules, right? And this family did not allow the plush at the table. That is not something that comes in your box. That is you. You decide, well, how do you run your house? And so the little girl started to get into a workup leading toward a tantrum, not a meltdown, but like a tantrum. She stopped and she said, I want to go time in. And she took her lovey and went over to the time in space and started to use the chart that said, how am I feeling? She identified sad and mad. And what do I want to do about it? She took five minutes to drink water and color a picture. She came back to the table and said, I better now. And, and the parents just watched on at this emotional regulation that happened in front of their eyes with this little girl. I think they'd had the kit for about two weeks. So. Oh my gosh. And she was three. She was I three. It doesn't always happen that way, but it, it, honestly, it does happen that way. So 
let's say you have a child who's just not listening to you. You need them to put their shoes on and you're trying to get them to school and they just are not having it. Um, I love this how challenge. challenge that. Okay. Look at me. Okay. I'm pointing at you right now. And now I'm putting my hat on. You see me? It's called mm-hmm. miming. This is one of the tips I use in my class. So what did I do? No words. I got your attention right away because it was silly. Yeah. And what did I do there? I showed you what I was wanting with my body language. Now, what happens is you turn into Snoopy. Wah, 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 right? <laughs> Snoopy's teacher where you're like, get yes. your shoes on, get your shoes on. I said, get your shoes on, get your shoes on. We, we've gone over this and then we're upset and we're repeating. I want you to take a moment to take a peek inside your little person's head, okay? If they're in the yellow brain, they are emotional, maybe they're absorbed, they're in another world. Does your child ever just go to another place when they're playing? Oh, of course. Right? All the time, all the so time. So they're not in this elusive place called the prefrontal cortex. That's the thinking brain where you can be directed and you can learn and you can sit and be still and cooperate. Children that are age three literally are dipping their toes into the ability to hang out in that part of the brain. They don't have Mm. a large capacity yet. We think, because we're adults and we want them to live there because we live there, that we can just ask them to go there. But we can't. They're not there. They're in another place. But when we get frustrated with them and angry, we're using more words. They aren't in that part of the brain. They're not even hearing your words. It's like a deer in the headlight. But when you interrupt this disconnection you're experiencing with silliness was the first thing I did. The second thing was using my body language. I didn't use any words. Um, Mm, And I didn't punitive. I wasn't punitive. I wasn't, I wasn't upset or disappointed with you, was I? I was no. actually really engaging in like, silly mom. I'm, my kid's like, oh, I want to go with the Pied Piper silly mom over there. I'm going to go get my, my hat on. Another thing I used to do with shoes is I would do one. This is something you can do with a child that's having trouble moving forward. You say, oh, I see. We still, we, we still want to get our shoes on. I will put your left shoe on and you put your right one on. Or I'd say left shoe, right shoe, you know, red shoe, blue yeah. shoe, or one foot, two foot, red foot, blue foot. I would use rhyme or silliness and just start doing it. And they'll kind of be like, oh, okay. And they're coming along. And I just want you to think about training wheels. You are training wheels and they will get the skill. They will know how to get their shoes on and go to college one day. This will happen. (laughs) It doesn't feel like it will ever happen. But I promise you, if you can take a breath and use any of those strategies, you notice I got silly. I used no words. I, I did the miming. And I didn't, I didn't have to threaten or be punitive. And that allowed them to, to reach me um, and not get. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a child who's a little shy, a little introverted, and you want to bring them out of their shell, what's like, you know, a fun, appropriate way to do that? You're going to break it down. And so first and foremost, manage any pressure you have in your own self about what you're feeling as a parent about this quote failure of my child that is not able to 
share a toy or say hello to a stranger on a playground. Before you take any action with your child, I want you to take a moment to breathe and process. We have a forgiveness worksheet. It's a seven-step trigger worksheet for the adult person to go through before you even interact with this little one. Then when you feel like, okay, you're in your body, you're not in this triggered place, but you're really in the mode of skill building, some baby steps you can take. It first of all, involve the child, always involve the child. So is it a goal of theirs to make new friends on the playground? If not, uh, research says they are 50% likely to be good at the skill that they are not motivated to do. So just being intrinsically motivated or having the chance to to be asked, do you care about this thing? Maybe they don't care about um, making a new friend on the playground, but they care about a different social skill that you Mm. like to nurture. So involve the child and then like anything, break it down, give them little moments of success where they get to taste it um, and model it for them. So it could be you walking up and saying, hi, I'm Jamie's mom. And, you know, we just came to the playground. What are you up to today? If Jamie likes that idea of you going together up to the new friend on the playground and the mom or dad and see, then you did it together and it didn't feel so scary. And then afterwards, process it and listen. It's really about in bringing in and engaging with the child so that they're a part of it. And you will find even the hardest thing like brushing teeth, brushing hair, getting shoes on, when a child feels empowered and intrinsically motivated to beat whatever it is, this hard thing that's been a repeated hard thing in your home, they will move mountains. Is there a mom sense moment that you can share with us? I'm going to just share this one with my seven-year-old daughter at the time. I had bought her tickets to go to an amusement park. It was very expensive. It was Uh with the Girl Scouts. I was one of the leaders. It made perfect sense to my rational mind that we we were committed, we were going. And Morgan, you have to understand, she was my, she's, she's so intuitive. Like this little girl throughout her life has continually amazed me with, she just has a deep knowing. And she was my, she's my very, very challenging one. She just mm-hmm. has a very strong North star and it pulls hard and she follows it. Yeah. She woke up this morning and said, I don't want to go. And I'm thinking, what is there not to want to go, right? It is, it's six flags, right? And and I'm leading and it made no sense. Okay. And I teach positive discipline at the time. And I know what I teach about, about child, you know, with autonomy in their body and like choosing. And I want you to know there's no right answer. As a parent, I could make a case for why I said we are going, right? But I paused and listened to my body. She was listening to her body. And then I took a moment to listen to my body. And my body said, don't make her go. It made no sense to me. And I'm a very logical person. (laughs) And so we didn't go. And do you know what happened is a tragedy struck in her class. Somebody who had a very, very challenging, hard family life, a little girl, was really acting out with my daughter. She was having lots of hard things happen in this friendship. And my daughter was managing it. And she had decided that she wasn't going to be a part of that, that energy that was happening with this frenemy almost. That night, that friend's mother took her own life. And my daughter, because she hadn't have gone to the place, yes, was 
present for this frenemy who needed a friend. She was able to be there for her. And then a lot happened after, but it was a clearly intuitive thing. It made no sense to my rational mind. She made the choice and then she was there for this very important, hard thing. And it made a difference in this little girl's life who was having so much hardship. Let's not forget our quote of the day. Is there a quote that you live by? Follow your bliss. And I think that those words can be really misunderstood because by bliss, I mean your inner knowing. It'll always take you there. Follow your bliss. And when my kids would ask me, like, if I had a bottom, bottom line, a lot of what I taught my kiddos, it was to tune in and trust. And following the bliss was always the easiest way for me to explain that to my kiddos. And no matter what age they were, it was like, well, how's that feel in your body? And what is your body telling you? And so even doing hard things, following your bliss isn't like always like, you know, skipping through the roses. It, 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 it's full of all of life's feelings, but it's kind of my North Star is that, so yeah, that would probably be it. It's now time for Mom Hall, when we share products we love. And Mom Hall, is there a product that you're loving that you want to share with us? It could be, you know, uh, wellness related or, or beauty or lifestyle or really anything. I am wearing them. They are what I call my goddess earrings. They oh, are gorgeous. big metal leaves, right? That yeah. hang from <laughs> my ears. But I have to tell you, I want you listener to go find that thing. When I put them on, I immediately said, well, these are my goddess earrings. It's that inner feeling of like, oh, I, I, I'm a goddess or I love myself. So it could be a lotion. It could be a candle. But honestly, anything you do to take care of you is important. And that would be my mom hall is it's all the little things I do to say I love you to myself. I didn't know to do that. I, I didn't do that intuitively as a new mom. I, I, it took me a long time to learn that if I might just say emotional intelligence has four legs, picture a table. It's self-care is one of four legs, right? It's self-awareness, mm-hmm. awareness of others, self-care, and social skills, okay? So that's one whole leg. How is that table going to stand if you cut off that fourth leg? It is not going to stand. So right. that's my mom hall. Oh, that's so great. I love it. Um, and where can my listeners find you and join the Generation Mindful community? Thank you so much. We are at genmindful.com. That's G-E-N, short for generation. And genmindful.com is a beautiful community of more than 150,000 families from across the world who are connected on our mission to raise an emotionally healthy world. So really, that's the best place to go and just join our newsletter. And we will be so grateful to have you as part of our community. That's total mom sense.